This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? And love. Oh, and love, he's got a real chance now. Peter and love. John Walk will take the penalty. Up goes Dion Dublin. On on goal from Ruddock. Ball by Frank here for Kiwabia. Panister and Bruce in the queue again. Bruce scores! Goal left! Hit left! Hit left over the top! Now! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh, Okay, it's the end of Series 12, which means it is the traditional end of Series quiz. I'm Chris Skoll. Joining me, as always, Josh Whittacombe. Oh, yeah. And let's throw over straight away to the Quizmaster himself. It's Michael Marden. The floor is yours. So, as is tradition, to close out the series, it's time now for the Quickly Kevin 90s football quiz. This series, to mix things up, is going to be home versus away. So, Josh and Chris will team up against comedians and friends of the show, Tom Crane and Ellis James. Gentlemen, welcome to hell. Oh, thank you, thank you very much for having us in, in hell. I think it's quite balanced teams, actually. I think it's quite good, because Ellis is very strong, I'd well, say. I, I think I think and I'm... Crane's... And? Sorry, I think I'm strong in a quite niche way. I think Crane is just as good as I am. Yeah, Crane's got a lot of knowledge, but he misses glaring bits because he didn't have a TV. He's got very <laughs> strong but patchy knowledge. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can never predict what he knows or what he does. If he gets past the £100 question, he'll win Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Exactly, but <laughs> he, he wouldn't, wouldn't be sure he'd get to £1,000. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's the danger. Yeah. The bookies, the bookies hate Tom. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no idea what to expect. Pulling down the shutters as they approach the shop. Yeah. No, mine's a, mine's a very strongly championship manager based knowledge. That is really where, that's where I got my football knowledge. It wasn't right. from watching Match of Day and Fancy, uh, you know, Football Focus and that sort of stuff. It's kind of, so I have weird knowledge about sort of Icelandic players who played in 95. Crane caught himself for fear that Ellis was going to uh, be offended that Crane didn't watch Fantasy Football League back in the day. Crane caught okay. himself and stopped yeah. himself. <laughs> <laughs> he realised he worked on Fantasy Football League and so had to stay on brand. He's desperate to come back for Series 2 and he'll do anything it takes, even if it involves yeah, exactly. lying about programmes he didn't watch in the 1990s. <laughs> when, I, when I called Tom up and said, would you like to be a writer on Fantasy Football League? He went, yes. 
I I loved that show. <laughs> Did you hear keyboards and tapping in the background? <laughs> Three or four hosts. Uh, yes, presented by Frank Skinner and David B- Badil, comedians and friends. Starting in 1994, I loved it. Of course, I loved it. Yeah. If I remember, it was produced by Avalon Productions. <laughs> and uh... what well, should we get on with the quiz? Okay, time for the first round. This is called Big Man, Little Man. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title. And and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. As a tribute to great striking partnerships of the 90s, Chris and Josh and Ellis and Tom will be required to work together to form a formidable quiz partnership. I will ask a series of questions where the answer is a number. The team closest to the correct answer will win the point. However, seeing as we're doing this remotely and the teams aren't able to confer, this is how it will work. Each player will write down their answer on a piece of paper. When prompted, they will reveal their guess. I will then add both the numbers from each team together and divide by two to get the average. That will then be the answer for that team. You have 10 seconds to reveal your answer. Remember, no conferring. Here is your first question. And these are all about the European Cup slash Champions League in the 90s. This one's a two-parter, so pens at the ready. The team to have won the Champions League with the fewest games won in total, so that's the fewest games won across all group stage and knockout stage games. That's, champi- that's Champions League as in post-92-93 Champions League, not yep, European Champions Cup. League, yeah. The team to win the tournament with the fewest games won across all group stage and knockout stage games is Manchester United in 1998-99. But how many games in total did they win? Says it all. Okay, I've got my answer. Okay. okay, and then in that same season, Dwight York and Andrei Shevchenko were the joint top scorers in the competition. But how many did they score? Okay, so I want you to add both of those numbers together, and then that will be your final answer. Done. Not to brag. Done. That bodes well, Ellis. Yeah, done. Yeah, he's not very good, but he is quick. <laughs> Let's start with you, Josh. I don't need to hold it up, do I? No one's spoken. Eleven. And can you five show plus your, six? Show your workings. Five plus six. Okay, Chris. Come on, fifteen. Uh, six plus nine. Ooh. No, nine feels high. That nine feels nine? far too. He's, he didn't score in the final. Yeah, he didn't score in many. one of the Juventus games. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so your collective answer. Of 26 means that your final answer is 13. Ellis? 12. My workings are 6 plus 6. And Tom? 10. And my workings are 4 games won, 6 lovely, lovely goals. <laughs> We've all gone 6, apart from Chris. So it's, it's gone. They yeah. didn't top the group, did they? From what I remember. No. 11. So, so 11 Ellis is and your Tom, answer. your answer Sorry. is 11. Sorry, I just enjoy doing maths. <laughs> I can tell you the total number of games Manchester United won was five. Oh, I got that. And nice. the total goals scored was eight. So the correct oh, answer oh, is thirteen. Skull, skull. Pull it out of the bag. Because it's usually so about sorry, that, skull. isn't it? The Champions League's top scorer is always around that figure. 
Wow. We didn't see the best of him at Chelsea. I was so excited when he came to Chelsea, but he was yeah, just a rubbish. bit old. Shines for Kiev and AC Milan, incredible, and then yeah. Chelsea. But then he'd had injury problems by then, didn't he? So I really but, use uh, a football term. Mourinho didn't fancy him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, question number two. The match between Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain in the 94-95 quarter-final first leg oh. is the game with the highest attendance in the Champions League era. The match was played at Camp Nou in Barcelona, but what was the attendance for that game to the closest thousand? Okay. That is a great question. So there was, there was more there than the final? Yeah, because there'd have been... There, it's just various things, isn't it? Like there'd have been yeah. more um, segregation at the final. Yeah. It's not always the biggest ground at the final. And they they changed the capacity of the Camp Nou because it used to be absolutely vast. And then it, it as did the Bernabeu, and it got it got smaller. Mm. I've been to that. I've been to Barcelona, and it's one of those grounds that's so loud when they score. It sounds like aeroplanes taking off. Isn't it weird? Spanish fans when they score, they they make that noise like oh. oh! Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it's they're so panicking. I always that. think oh. oh. Whereas English is like yeah, yeah. It's, it gives it a completely different vibe. Is or Spanish for yeah, maybe? Is that what it is? Is that what you're hearing? <laughs> when was the capacity of the Camp Nou change, Ellis? That would be quite useful information for this question. Well, I, I know that at, at the end of the 80s, it was, I think it was, I think it was about 120,000 because it was wow, absolutely okay. huge. Well, this was 1994, so... Oh, there was change by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I've got my number down already. Let's go with uh, Ellis first, please. 101,000 is what I've gone for. Mm. It was hard. Okay, and Tom. Well, I've I think I've gone too low. Then I've gone ninety-two thousand. Mm. I mean, that's still that's still massive. Yeah, I'd say that's not far enough from Ellis's answer to go. Well, I've gone too low here. I think if there were ninety-two, I think if there were ninety-two thousand at the Camp Nou, you'd be like, oh, God, it's a bit quiet today. Isn't <laughs> oh, I've gone too low. Here. I mean, yeah, I've really embarrassed myself. I just don't want a situation where I'm just out and about and quickly Kevin fans are heckling me in the street, <laughs> yeah. yelling ninety-two thousand at yeah. me. I'm trying to do my big shop. I think the key the key to this round is not to be the the one that's miles off the others and I think you've secured that yeah yes absolutely okay fine thank you Chris your number please 88,000 yeah Crane Crane's absolutely the relief on Crane's face yeah. at this moment yeah, yeah absolutely thank you, got, you very much if yeah. you got heckled by quickly Kevin Fun and I was there Tom I would have their guts <laughs> for garters <laughs> uh, 97,000 for me oh yeah that's that feels nice <laughs> That really didn't sound like you responded to Josh's answer. It's just like you're getting a massage or something. That's what the, the listeners don't know at the moment. Chris is currently reclined in a health spa. When I have a massage, I think about capacities and attendances. <laughs> to keep the wolf from the door. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Really? It's nice to be getting chucked could, out. Yeah. Could I breathe yeah. 58,000 at the end of the 80s? Oh, that is nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ellison Tom, your combined answer is 96,500. Good number. Oh. And Josh and Chris, yours is 92,500. I can tell you the record capacity for that game, or record attendance rather, was 115,500. <gasps> what? what? No way! Wow! 
That's too That's big. crazy. So where did that standing then? That must be standing. Yeah, they must. Yeah, they must have been standing. Here's a question about standing. Do they ever have standing on the like the, anywhere above the main, the bottom tier? The top tier. Do you know what I? Yeah. I, I love if this. If you stood they on did. the top tier of the new camp, it'd be fucking terrifying. They did at Southampton yeah. at the Dell. There was a the stand called the Chocolate Box, and they're terracing on the second tier, which I always think looks really weird because obviously, yeah. yeah. You'd be you'd be stood up against a wall and there'd be a drop, and I always thought that looked uh, precarious. But yeah, yeah you don't it was, want a it surge, was, do you? No, it was rare. I think. Yeah, yeah. Boca, you've seen Boca Juniors. They still, I'm sure, they still have standing on the upper tier. I'd love you to try and enforce people to sit down at Boca Juniors. Not being Boca a Juniors. steward of Boca Juniors. <laughs> Boca Juniors River Plate. Uh, can you can you not stand on the yellow markings, please, guys? <laughs> and don't get me started on the flares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's for your safety and mine. Can you not stand on the yellow markings, please, guys? And I know that River Plate is a big game, and I know that sort of tensions are running high, but please, it is worth more than my job. You've got to, you can't stand on the yellow markings. Okay, question number three. For this one, the point will be awarded to whoever is the closest. Okay, uh, Raul is the youngest scorer of a Champions League hat-trick, scoring three goals for Real Madrid against uh, Ferencvaros on 18th of October 1995. But exactly how old was he in years and days when he scored that hat-trick? Youngest scorer of a hat-trick? Yeah. Okay. I've just gone with how old was Raul in 1995. That's basically what I'm seeing the question as. Okay, I've got my answer. Let's start with you, please, Josh. 18,268. Okay, Chris. I've used different maths because didn't Rooney score a hat trick on his debut? And he was oh, about against Ferenc Yeah. So it's got to be, I've gone for younger than 18, 17 years and 180 days. Good thinking. Okay, uh, Tom, your answer, please. I've gone for 18 years and then stick on another 24 days. And Ellis? I think he was about 10. <laughs> uh, no, 18 years and 300 days The correct answer is 18 years and 114 days So uh, Tom, Tom Crane is closest oh, to Tom, Tom get the point Oh, well done Crane, well there done There you go, look at that I would be such a tit if I scored a Champions League hat-trick at the age of 18 Yeah, yeah, yeah I, would, I was not in a place to cope with that adulation no. or pressure. I scored uh, a hat-trick a fortnight ago in eight aside with other men who were my age in Clapton, and I've talked about it constantly. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Claire can't hear me mention his hat-trick anymore. Izzy doesn't care anymore, so I just talk about it to my children, which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's so true. I told Charlie I scored a hat-trick. He immediately had to ask what a hat-trick was, obviously, because he's four and a half. <laughs> okay, question number four. Uh, this one is another two-parter. Part one. During the 90s, how many sets of brothers won the European Cup or Champions League? Now, to clarify, it doesn't have to be with the same team or the same year. They just have to oh. have won the competition at some point during the decade. How many sets of brothers? God, that is hard. And then I want you to multiply that number oh. 
Oh no, that makes it really important whether you get that one right. Multiplication is... Uh. I want you to multiply that number by the number of goals top scorer Yari Lipmanen scored for Ajax in the competition in the 95-96 Champions League season. So the number of brothers who won the European Cup or Champions League in the 90s multiplied by the number of goals top scorer Yari Lipmanen scored. Problem is, if you get one of these numbers even a little bit out, yeah, it, it, you, you, you look mad trouble. then. That first one is the real key. I can only think of one set of brothers, and then I just added some. I've just assumed there must yeah. be more. Yeah, Jack, Jack, Bob, Bob, Jack and Bobby Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought it can't be that. It can't just be the Nevilles. Oh wait a minute, the Nevilles? I hadn't thought of them. <laughs> ah. Okay. Let's start with uh, Chris, please. The Nevilles and the DeBoers. Yeah, that's right. And by nine goals. So that's 18. Josh? I've gone for the Nevilles and DeBoers and one other, maybe some Germans that I don't know about. Or <laughs> They're often I, brothers, aren't they, Germans? The other option, <laughs> yeah, I thought about Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund were kicking around a lot. The other option I thought is the Loudrops. Loudrops. But I don't think Brian won it. I thought, I don't think I Brian thought won the Loudrops. Michael did. Yeah. I've gone seven, so it's 21. Three times seven. Uh, okay, Ellis? Three sets of brothers, but I can't name them other than <laughs> the Nevels. Because I couldn't, I'd forgotten about the DeBoers, and I knew I don't think Brian did win the Champions League. I'm assuming that it was eight goals, so three times eight, 24. You know David May's brother played for Red Star Belgrade? Tom? I've gone for three sets of brothers, the Nevilles, the DeBoers, and the Chuckles. No, actually, I've got... Uh... <laughs> Who knows that? They then moved into comedy. Now, I couldn't think of a third set, but I thought it can't just be two. Yeah. So I just stuck on another set of brothers. That's and then, um, can I blow your mind, Ellis? I also went eight. Oh, uh, so we're so both on 24 as well. Yeah. This this Exciting. set of brothers, they get to say, yeah, when when this question pops up in pub quizzes, we're the brothers no one can ever remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The number of brothers that won the European Cup or Champions League in that decade was three. Oh. Yes. And who were they? They were Michael Laudrup and Brian Laudrup. Oh, oh. oh I ruled them when out. When did Brian win it? So Brian won it with... Uh, Milan in 93 94. I don't remember oh. Brian Lodge and Milan. Michael, obviously, with Barcelona in 1992. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, then Frank de Boer and Ronald de Boer, both with Ajax in 94 95. And then Gary and Phil Neville, both in 99. Wow. You don't go. hear enough about the Laudrup brothers, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> always thinking that. I, 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 I think how, how, about, how much you want to hear about them? On this podcast, more than we do. I think about Michael Lodrup all the time. I interviewed a Swansea player, Wayne Rodney. Oh, he's a Swansea manager, isn't he, Michael yeah, Lodrup? Yeah, because he played for Juventus and Real Madrid and Barcelona. He was probably, the, yeah. at one point, probably the second or third best player in the world for a few years. He was amazing, Michael Lodrup. Yeah. And Wayne said that um, they would be playing 11 v 11. And he was the best player on in the squad by a mile. And then he would get the ball and he would stop and he'd go, right, this is the easy option. I don't want you to take this. The second option, I will accept it if you do this. But what I, I want you to do in this situation is the third option, which is this. And he would do something that was so difficult that players would just go, fucking hell, Michael. 
Come on, we're Amazing. playing. I know we're Premier League players, but you you are one of the greatest footballers of all time. So we, we just can't keep up with you. Go for the one that you're not going to handle. Is surely bad management. Isn't well, it? he just I think he just assumed that everyone was capable so of the stuff that he was capable of. Well, that's bad management. That's bad management. Yeah, you've got to see see your players struggling. Well, we won the Capital One Cup under him, so don't you dare criticise Michael Lundrup again. Do you think Barry Fry has the same technique? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> knock that ball 40 yards with backspin so it just lands flat and then we can bomb onto it. There we go. We've changed the... Uh, there's not enough said about the loud drops. Now, uh... <laughs> too, there's, now, there's too much said about the loud drops. Yeah. Okay, so it was three brothers and then the number of goals that Yari Littman scored was nine. Oh. So the correct answer was yeah. 27. Ellis and Tom get the point. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, final question this round. Legendary Italian netminder Sebastiano Rossi holds the record for the most clean sheets in a single season in the competition in 93-94. But how many clean sheets did he keep? Is, can right. I just check? That's in one Champions League competition, not overall throughout his career. No, just one in the 93-94 yep. okay. season. Let's go with Ellis first, please. This is going to sound mad. I'm going for eight. Eight, okay. Tom? So I've gone for six. Okay, so your average answer is seven. Uh, Josh? Seven. Chris, what's your answer? I've gone for seven. Well, I hadn't factored this in. <laughs> <laughs> You've both got seven as an average answer. The correct answer is nine. Wow, that's impressive. Well, I, I guessed eight, which is closer than everyone else. Just putting that out. Just putting that out there. <laughs> that is... That is a disgrace. Just putting that out there. But then I answered six, which is further away than everyone but, else. But Tom <laughs> is someone I routinely veto. And, <laughs> and, and I try to quieten Tom down in public situations. <laughs> Absolutely. So they, they would, there would only have been 13 games, am I right in thinking that, in the Champions League? So he kept nine clean sheets. That's incredible. Fair play to him. Who won the point? Uh, you both... You both got seven, so point each. Oh, great. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Okay, time for round two. This round is called 90s Football Starter for One. You will face a series of general knowledge starter questions about 90s football. The first person to buzz in with the correct answer will receive one point. That team will then be able to exclusively answer three bonus questions on 90s football for an additional one point each. You may confer with your teammate on the answers for the bonus questions. However, if any member of your team buzz in and incorrectly guess the starter question, you will be deducted one point and the question will be thrown over to the opposing team to answer. Okay, fingers on buzzers, here is your first starter question. In the 90s, only one player won the Champions League and the World Cup in the same year. Which midfielder achieved this feat in 1998 for both France and Real Madrid? Chris. Uh, Razou? Incorrect. Alison <laughs> Tom, do you have a guess? Uh, Real Madrid Zidane, and France. Zidane was in as at Juve in 98, I think. Vieira uh, this is 90, yeah. wasn't uh, so what's Madrid. Their midfield, what was that? That was Vieira, Petit. Vieira, Zidane. Petit surely was at Arsenal. Who else was in that midfield? Oh. You've, got to chuck them. You've got to chuck them a rush here, haven't you, Michael? Okay, you've got three seconds. Uh, I don't know. Guess, Tom. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise you had that fail-safe plan up your sleeve. <laughs> Yeah, Christian Carambo. Christian Carambo. Oh. oh, yes. Okay. The there forgotten man of the 1918. Yeah. Yeah. Next starter question. Fingers on buzzers. In the 95-96 Champions League season, which Blackburn player was the highest scoring Englishman in the competition with four goals? Tom. Chris. Ellis. Tom was first there. Okay, I'm going to go for Chris Sutton. Incorrect. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Nice no. one, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Well done. Josh, Chris, would you like to take a guess? Carl buzzed in. Yeah, but that, my answer was going to be Chris Sutton, so... <laughs> well, there's an obvious one, isn't there? Which we'd kick ourselves if we didn't get it, so... Paul Warhurst. <laughs> Shearer, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's probably not, otherwise it's too obvious, but I think you've got to go with it if it's there. Alan Shearer. Okay, fine. <laughs> The correct answer was Mike Newell. Oh. Mike Newell? <laughs> what? Wow. Wow. A thing to dine out on. <laughs> Fingers on buzzers, here is your next starter question. Who scored the first goal of Euro 96? Buzz, Josh, Alan Shearer. Correct. Oh. Well done. So, Chris and Josh, your bonus questions are on first time winners of the 90s we've we've finally left the champions league wikipedia page i've got to say it's a relief <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the 90s three teams won the champions league on their debut in the competition hmm. great question their champions league debut not league. their european cup debut oh okay so ajax were one in 94-95 but can you name one of the other two? Um, well, your options are... It's Borussia Dortmund feels well, like one's, it, one's obvious. Which is that? Marseille. That wasn't... Was that Champions League? I don't think it was. Yeah, it was. That was the first season of the Champions League. Oh, so it was their Champions League debut because the Champions League hadn't... Yeah. Yet, go for it. Barcelona won it the second year. Would there have been a chance they weren't in it that first season? There is a chance. We only need one of them, Skull. If you're saying that... Oh, Marseille's right. Oh, Marseille yeah. then. Correct. Yeah, correct. Uh, the other one was Juventus. 
in the oh, top okay, of 96. Bonus question number two. Three different managers won their first Premier League manager of the season in the 90s. Can you name them? Well, Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, and Kenny Dalglish. Correct. Well done. Bonus question number three. Which English striker won his first and only Premier League golden boot when he scored 34 goals in the 93-94 season? Andy, Andy Cole. Cole. No? Yeah. Correct. Impressive stuff. Fingers on buzzers. Final starter question. Who scored the first goal of World Cup Italia 90? Oh, fucking hell. Um, Josh? You say it. Was he called Oman Beek? That was definitely one of the famous Cameroonian players. That's great knowledge. Correct. Oh, oh my wow. word. You deserve a bonus point for that. That is absolutely wow. fantastic. God, God, I love you. Do you know what, Alice? He's ex- you should be doing it. He's got Phoenix from the Flames written all over him, hasn't he? Yeah. He might have been done. Okay, here are your bonus questions. These are on footballing records. Who is the youngest ever captain to lift the Champions League trophy when he did so for Marseille in 93, aged 24 years and 233 days? Didier Didier Deschamps. Deschamps. Correct. Bonus question number two. And who was his teammate who became the youngest goalkeeper to win the trophy at the same time? uh, Yeah, that'd be my guess. That's the only option we've got, really, isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Wow. It is Fabian Bartes won the Champions well League. Yeah. What a team. Final bonus question. Which team went a World Cup record 517 minutes without conceding a goal at Italia 90? So that's like six six games almost. Right, it's not Germany because they conceded. So it's going to be one of the semi-finalists probably. It's not England. So I think it's probably Italy, because Argentina conceded in that first game. Oman Biak scored, we've established that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon, Skull? Yeah. Italy. Correct. Very impressive. Okay, time now for round three. This is a familiar favourite, starting 11. Here's how it works. In this round, I'll give you a classic football match from the 90s. Each team will then take it in turn to name a player from either side who appeared in that game. If at any point you name a player who did not appear during the match, you are eliminated, and that includes both used and unused substitutes. The game in question is the World Cup 1998 semi-final between Brazil and the Netherlands. Okay, Chris. Your friend and mine, Yap Stam. Uh, Tom, you go next. Frank de Boer. Josh. Ronaldo. Ellis. Rivaldo. Back to you, Chris. Dennis Bergkamp. Aldair. Ooh, that's a good one. Is it? Correct. Oh. Yes, it is, Chris. It's a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> the timing of that correct was perfect. <laughs> Edwin van der Sar. Roberto Carlos. Uh, uh, Edgar Davids. 
Cafu. Uh, Loves a Brazilian defender, Tom. He's working his way across the back four. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh, no! Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. Oh. That felt like a good one. Am I am I out now? How does this work? Or is the game over? No, you are now eliminated, Josh. But Ellis is still fighting for our team. Yeah. Crane thinks a lot of himself. Is the game over, I presume, now that I've got <laughs> We just, you can just, if you click, everyone click stop record on the podcast, <laughs> then we can... Uh... Josh and I have actually, we've been in a bar with Cafu. We have, remember that? Have we? Yeah, for, we, 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 you did a tour show in Manchester. It was the day before they did that soccer aid thing and Cafu was oh, in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also that that bald Italian referee was there as yeah, well. Yeah, Kalina. I showed a lift with Patrick Cliver, an elevator, not a um, Uber. All right, <laughs> Just to get in, yeah. Uber pool. <laughs> um, Patrick Cliver. Oh, I was going to be like yeah. this. Ellis. Um. Oh, uh, Clarence Seedorf. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's, really, that's a really, really good one, Ellis. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, he was a substitute. He was on the bench. Does that not count? No. So Josh is the winner of that round. Oh, oh, very good. Okay, time now for round four, and it's the first part of 90s Football Mastermind. Each player will have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on their chosen specialist subject. One point for each correct answer. First in the spotlight is Tom, who has picked the life and career of Savo Milosevic. <laughs> Brilliant. How much life is there going to be compared to career here? <laughs> Michael has access to his diaries. <laughs> OK, your time starts now. At which team did Milosevic start his playing career? Partizan Belgrade. Correct. What was the transfer fee when he signed for Aston Villa in the summer of 93? Three and a half million. Correct. How many international caps did he win in his career? I think something like 102. Correct. Yeah. How many international goals did he score? 16. No, uh, can't be oh. that high. Uh, let's just say it 69. 37. Bit of how, fun. How tall <laughs> in feet and inches is Savo Milosevic? <laughs> this is a guess. Let's go six foot one. Correct. Oh. oh! What year was he born? Oh, uh, 76? 1973. Which Spanish oh. club did Aston Villa sell him to in 1998? Uh, Zaragoza. Correct. And what was the transfer fee? I think that was eight and a half million. Correct. <laughs> How many goals did he score to share the golden boot with Patrick Cliver at Euro 2000? Oh, uh, let's go for six. It was five. And finally, oh. with which Russian club did he end his playing career? Ruben Kazan. Correct. Incredible work. That was superb from Craig. Congratulations, <laughs> Tom. You scored an impressive seven points. Also, Savo Milosevic is so much better than I realised. I thought he was a bit of a joke player. But it turns uh, he actually out... had a good, good career after Villa. And he didn't do too badly at Villa, actually. Scored, a, scored in the League Cup final and stuff. He always looked so miserable, didn't he? Yeah. He smiled. Wasn't he bought on the strength of a video? Yeah, that's what I remember. Is I that right? Was, okay, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think someone sent Brian Little. It was um, Father <laughs> the Bride. <laughs> <laughs> father of the Father of the Bride with a post-it note attached saying, by Savo Milosevic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Chris, you are next in the hot seat, and your chosen mastermind subject is the life and career of Steve Claridge. <laughs> it's, 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 too it's too you much. Might as well just go football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your time starts now. At which team did he begin his career in 1983? Fairham Town. Correct. According to Wikipedia, how many appearances did he make in his career? Oh, uh, 829. Correct. And how many goals did he score? Oh, it's 256. Correct. For which club did he make the most appearances during his career? Oh, Cambridge. Weymouth. Oh. How much? How much did Leicester pay Birmingham for for his services in March 1996? 2.2 million. 1.2 million. Oh. What was what was the title of his 1997 autobiography? Oh god. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. It's something Tales funny. Tales from the Boot Camps. What year was he born? Ah, oh, man, Steve, you can do fucking better than that. 1966. Correct. After how many days was he relieved as Millwall manager due to boardroom changes? Oh, 56? 36. Oh. Which team and the place he was born was his first managerial role. Um, um, uh, oh, it's not Bournemouth or it's down the south coast, I can't remember. Portsmouth. Oh. And finally, at which club did he play his last game coming off the bench as a 51-year-old sub in 2017? Salisbury. Correct. My favourite part of that, by the way, Michael, incidentally, was you saying, for one of the questions, according to Wikipedia, I think we can confidently say you could have said according to Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. for all of the questions. <laughs> During my briefing chat with Claridge, <laughs> I travelled down to the south coast. <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to spend 48 hours in his company before this course. Which is exhausting after spending a weekend with Savan Milosevic in Yugoslavia. So it's kind of. A... <laughs> okay, Chris, you scored five points. That's fine. Not bad, I'd say. That's Chris, fine. That's very, fine. very respectable. Absolutely I'm, taken that. I'm hugely regretting not reading the Wikipedia page of my option. <laughs> Next round is called Who Am I? When the seagull follows a trawler, it's because they sink. Sergeants will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. In this round, I will give you a series of clues about an iconic 90s figure. If at any point you think you know who that person is, you can buzz in and guess. If you guess correctly after the first clue, you will receive five points. If you guess correctly after the second clue, you will receive four points and so on and so forth. However, if you buzz in and guess incorrectly at any stage, you will be eliminated and remaining players will continue with the clues. Fingers on buzzers, here is your first clue. I was born on the 1st of February 1969 in Santa Fe, Argentina. As a child, I preferred basketball to football, but this changed after the 1978 World Cup when I was impressed and inspired by Mario Kempes. Stop. Well, no. Get Gabriel Batistuta. Oh, it's an incredible. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well done. That, wow. I mean, that's that's 
That's this podcast at its absolute very best. <laughs> That's incredible. That yeah, was, yeah. What a shot. Okay, time now for the final round, and it's the return of 90s football mastermind. Ellis, you're next in the hot seat, and your chosen mastermind subject is the life and career of Dean Saunders. He is uh, pulp to... Ian Rush and Mark Hughes' Blurred Oasis. <laughs> yeah. Did they ever play in the same team or did Dean They played in the same on? team for. Yoroth had to move Mark Hughes into midfield to accommodate Dean Saunders. Okay, your time starts now. At which club did he first sign pro in 1982? Swansea City. Correct. What year was he born? Um, uh, 1964. Correct. Which manager resigned in protest when he was sold by Oxford to Derby for one million in 1988? Oh, uh, Kevin Maxwell. Uh, Mark Lawrenson. Oh. Liverpool paid a then British transfer record when they signed him from Derby in 1991. How much did they pay? £2.9 million worth every penny. Correct. No way was he worth every penny. He was he was an English transfer he brought an English transfer record for a reason because he was very, very good at football. How many caps for Wales did he earn in his Cent- career? Seventy two. Seventy five. Oh. How many international goals did he score? Twenty two. Correct. Against which opposition did he score his infamous goal from a throw-in, which he cleverly took himself and bounced off the goalkeeper off the shooting bum. direct? Which which opposition? Uh, which team? Port Vale. Oh fuck! At which club did he get his first manager job? Uh, Wrexham. Correct. Which manager signed him for Galatasaray in 1995? Graham Souness. Correct. And finally, at which club did he end his illustrious playing career? Bradford. Correct. Oh man! Very oh, good, Ellis. What a great work. You are what, what a fan. <laughs> Graham Sooner said he was one of the most beautiful strikers of a ball I'd ever seen. Okay, Josh, you're the last in the hot seat, oh. and your chosen mastermind oh. subject is Champ Man 9798. Oh, oh, great, Josh. Oh, no. Love it. Oh, no. So good. Haven't done any research. Well, it's an incredibly difficult subject to research because there's basically one tiny Wikipedia page. Yeah. Your time starts now. What was the release date of the game? Uh, October 97. Correct. How many many playable leagues did the game feature? England, Spain and Italy. Nine. At which team did Champman legend Ibrahima Bakayoko begin the game? Uh, Montpellier. Correct. (laughs) This is incredible. This is incredible Which two companies... Developed and published the game. EDOS and Sports Interactive. Correct. <laughs> really nice. Which brand and model of football featured on the cover of the game? Mitre Delta. Mitre Magma. Oh! That's unlucky. Which position did CM9798 legend Tommy Swindle Larson play in the game? He's a midfielder. Going to need a little bit more. I know you're going to need more than that. He was a midfielder, left centre. Correct. Nah. Was he? Yeah. Oh. What, was, what was the hack to start the game as an international manager? Insert your name as that current manager, i.e. Glenn Hoddle, England. Correct. Who was <laughs> the most expensive player at the start of the game? Pedro oh. Munez Alfonso. Correct. 
fantastic. Which manager and trophy featured on the main holding page? Bobby Robson. With a shield that I never knew. So was it like the Copa del Rey? No, because that's going to be a cup. Fucking hell. It was the Dutch Premier League. Uh, which two brothers designed the, the iconic Paul and game? Oliver. Paul and Oliver Collier. Correct. And finally, how many Brother megabytes... Brian of... and Michael Loudjump. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, how many megabytes of memory were oh. required to run three leagues in one game 16. simultaneously? Correct. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. That is, Give him the end of series That is the best now. bit of podcasting ever. Yeah. I'm not talking about this podcast. <laughs> I'm not talking about sports podcasts or even football podcasts. I'm talking about pod podcasting. Doesn't get yeah, yeah. better than that. <laughs> I am absolutely gobsmacked at what I've just seen. I don't. I, I don't think that's for everyone. If I, if you were to play that minute to your wife, I don't. Well, you, you, sorry, your fiance, Ellis. I don't think it would. Um, I don't think it would translate. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When I, uh, I, what have we done? We've done like 160 plus episodes of Saucy Distance Sports Bar. Izzy's listened to possibly 15 seconds of it. Yeah. And, she, and after that 15 seconds, she went, is it edited at all? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Josh. You scored an impressive eight. Uh, the winners of this series quiz, by a comfortable margin, Oh dear. Josh and Chris, congratulations. It would have been humiliating not to. That's it for this week and Series 12. Thank you to all our guests. Steve Claridge, Adrian Charles, Ben Clark, Ben Partridge, Dave Bassett, Jonathan Pierce, Mark Haightley, Reese James, Mark Watson, and of course, Ellis James and Tom Crane, who both can be heard on the fantastic Oh What A Time History podcast, which is out now, available on all your podcast applications. And thank you, of course, for listening. We'll see you soon for Series 13, but in the meantime, you can get plenty more Quickly Kevin each month. Two bonus episodes every month over at the Quickly Kevin fan club. You can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. Robbie Slater, see you later. <laughs>